You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts. And our podcast, available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or through our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina. We've got yet another great show for you today, folks. Don't you wish you had a crystal ball? Well, AARP has got the next best thing. Jim Barnett of AARP's future casting team joins us today to talk about how tracking new trends is so important to understand the world that we live in and work in and will be living in. Uh, but before we get to that, as always, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined here in the studio by my partner in crime and our esteemed production engineer, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how are you, sir? Mike, I'm doing well. The other day as I was heading out of the studio, I saw your, your brand new car, your brand new vehicle, your truck. I must yep. say it was a very, very nice truck. Thank you very, very much. Very jealous. Well, it's not brand new. It's it is it is uh, used. But it's, it's new to you. It's new to me, but it's in great shape. Yeah, it's a Ram fifteen hundred night edition. It's all blacked out. It's it's very very cool. It, it's very sleek. It's awesome. <laughs> I don't want to say that it made getting my Durango stolen all worth it, but I'll tell you, I'm having the last laugh, folks. I've got a really great <laughs> truck that's so functional, and the kids love it. I gotta say, and uh, you know, if it, when whenever you buy a car and your teenagers are like wow this is really cool i'm sort of like well this all right another win another battle has been won um jason as you may notice i've got my tie on today um and my jacket which i usually don't wear into the studio i usually you know i dress up for you but usually not that much um do have on the full suit today and uh reason is because i've been actually making the rounds across um some visual media some some tv media uh promoting uh, something I'm really proud of that AARP does um, every single year, and that is the AARP Community Challenge Grant. And uh, before we get to our interview uh, and discussion with Jim Barnett, um, I want to just make folks aware because the application uh, period for this grant opportunity has just opened, and it will remain open until March 6th. And I want to make sure that folks have got ample time to learn about the grant. Uh, see if it's something that um, they're interested in in helping make real improvements to their community and um, you know have the chance to put together an application and who knows maybe uh, bec- become a, a recipient of the 2024 community challenge grant folks as you all know uh, America is aging the demographics of our country have been changing we have a baby boom that is retire you know turning 65 at the rate of more than 10,000 per day uh, that trend is going to continue for the end of this decade and most people look at that challenge and they think it's a problem that Washington needs to solve but uh, you know real life happens at the community level and communities, not the nation, just the nation, need to prepare and make changes uh, so that the this older population, which, you know, in, in just a few short years, folks, we're going to have more people here in North Carolina that are over the age of 65 than are in school, kids, you know, 18 and under. Um, and communities need to be ready for that. Uh, we realize that though this is a long-term problem and requires a lot of effort, 
There are sometimes small, quick things that can be done that can help jumpstart progress in communities. And what's great about this is that it's not AARP doing it, it's AARP helping. And so the Community Challenge Grant is an opportunity for uh, organizations, different types of organizations, uh, 501c3, c4, c6s, uh, different types of nonprofits and governmental um, agencies, departments, local, you know, townships and so forth, to be able to make a small improvement, which could be, for example, if you have a walking trail, you need places for people to be able to rest, um, you know, having benches, having a uh, um, Islands uh, right in the middle of an intersection uh, so people can, you know, navigate the traffic safely and take their time and get a little bit of rest. Uh, Sometimes very artistic um, enhancements that are made to existing features in a community, all sorts of things. And then things that deal with housing and infrastructure and transportation and on, 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 on. If you go to ARP.com, excuse me, ARP.org slash community challenge, uh, you'll find all the information you need, folks. And um, again, uh, you may be surprised at the wide range of opportunity that exists there. We have what are called flagship uh, projects, which are major things. We have micro grants, which are small uh, uh, um, opportunities that, again, can make small enhancements to a community. And what's really great, Jason, is sometimes, you know, an organization or a local government, you know, municipality or whatever, they've got some money to do a project, but not all of it. And ARP can come in and help with the remainder of the money. And this is our eighth year of doing it. We've spent about 16, more than $16 million on more than 1,300 projects across the country. And I'm so proud of what we've been able to he- do here in North Carolina. So again, ARP.org slash community challenge. Uh, please, folks, take a look into that, especially if you're part of a you know, community organization, a neighborhood group, a church group, whatever it might be, a governmental uh, agency looking ways, looking for ways to help fund important projects in your community. Um, speaking of the future, Jason, um, and how communities can better prepare for the future, you know, ARP's got a very dynamic way of looking at this. And uh, one of the ways is by having staff um, – uh, at AARP, whose job it is is to look at what is going on uh, across various sectors and fields and help identify emerging trends and what the future is going to be like so we can, you know, as an organization that's been around for more than 60 years, can continue to be there and can, can continue to be relevant and effective in how we serve older adults here. Um, I'm very happy to have on the program today Jim Barnett. Uh, he's the Director of Strategic Intelligence uh, analysis uh, here at AARP, and I have had the opportunity to meet uh, Jim a couple of times uh, doing a, an executive leadership program at Georgetown, um, and I get to read his newsletter that gets issued uh, very periodically, which is, I have to say, Jim, of all the emails we get at AARP internally, yours is my favorite <laughs> by far. Jim, thanks so much for being with us today. It was great to have you on the program. Hey, Mike. It's great to be here. I'm just really, it's a real treat to be uh, be with you and your listeners there in the Triangle. Now, one term that most people probably don't use very often is future casting. Uh, please share with our audience, what, it, what is future casting? What, what are its origins and why is it important to an organization like AARP? Well, future casting might sound like the weather forecast. I realize it, it's, uh, but it's really just a brand that we have used internally here at AARP to sort of distinguish our, our team. Uh, other organizations might call this a futures practice. Uh, and in some companies and organizations, 
Uh, it's called the uh, strategic intelligence function. So the idea is to uh, monitor trends um, that could impact the organization or its stakeholders or its members in our case, uh, and what that looks like from the outside. So it's really take an outside look and bring that into the into the organization. Um, it's really becoming uh, more important than ever, especially for consumer facing organizations uh, to keep tabs on the world around them. It's the world is becoming a really a more volatile place. Changes seem to come out of the blue sometimes. So if you look for signals of what's coming, you can think about them, track them over time, and you can be a little better prepared for what might come. Um, and I should also add, we can talk more about this too, but um, future casting is something that really anybody can do. Um, if you've ever come across uh, a news story that sort of shocked you or something you thought was interesting or an invention, like a new car, for example, that, uh, that nobody's ever seen before, um, that's what we call a signal. And so when we start seeing signals of what might be coming in the future, we gather those together, and then from there we develop trends. And then another thing we do is we plan scenarios, for example. So if you've ever made a contingency plan, like I need to think about what might happen if for my event, if it's gonna rain, that's the kind of thing we do on a much more, um, on a much, on a much, uh, a much uh, higher level for the organization. This is fascinating stuff, um, and I want to follow up on, on something you mentioned before, and that's you said signals, sig you know, the spotting signals. Um, for me, you know, it's real easy for me when I get my newsletter because I'm like, okay, what's, what's stuff that's emerging, <laughs> interesting stuff that's relevant to my work? I open up your newsletter, you know, internally at AARP, and I'm able to see uh, – um, get some really, really good information. For those out there, like you mentioned, anybody can do this. Um, is there a single source or what's a good resource? D does it even exist for people to go to to find out more about emerging trends um, that uh, are, are important that could be shaping, you know, how our world works? Well, as far as signals go, um, if you're looking for things, you just listen to your own reaction to things you read or see or hear. Uh, and I will, I got to confess, I'm a news junkie and I would be remiss if I didn't tell you my career began right there in Raleigh at the News and Observer. Hmm. I was a newspaper reporter for many years. And so I was trained to look for things that were different, uh, things that might, might signal change. So that's really what signal spotting is all about. Uh, and I would really encourage people to think about signal spotting as something they can do very broadly. So, uh, I would expose myself to lots of different kinds of of uh, news sources, uh, go to news sources that you wouldn't necessarily uh, feel comfortable with and listen to what they have to say. You might hear some things there that are interesting, but also just watch the world around you. Like for example, you might see people um, using flip phones again. Wow, you know, flip phones, we haven't seen those for a long time, but that's actually uh, was a signal of something to come. And what we're seeing now is a bit of a backlash uh, to, to smartphones and some of the, um, some of the habits that we feel sort of forced to to uh, pursue uh, by virtue of having uh, having a smartphone. So uh, there's lots of different ways you can do that. Wow. Okay. So signal. Just so folks are clear, when you say signals, we're actually literally meaning things that are like you read something and it like it's signaling to you what could be an emerging trend or something for the future to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Or it could be an event, or it could be. Uh, again, an invention, or it could be a law that was passed, or a new policy, or uh, it could be all sorts of things, but something that stirs a reaction in, in you and says, huh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that before. And then you think about that and say, 
wow, maybe there are other signals like that. And you bring them together, and that's how you develop trends. I'll tell you, with so much change going on, and 2023 seemed to be such a, a, a year of such incredible change, it feels like I'm getting signals all the time. I don't know about you, Jason, but I feel like sometimes with the news and so forth, and I really appreciate what you said too, Jim, about um, you know exposing yourself to different news sources and and, and so forth, because certainly nobody has a monopoly on on truth or on ideas or on, you know, uh, giving us idea of what we need to be looking out for. When we, we're going to get, get to a commercial break here, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Jim Barnett about emerging trends that he is seeing and what are some of the things, including artificial intelligence, that we really need to be paying more attention to. This is AARP Without Limits. We'll be right back. We are back. This is AERP Without Limits. Just a reminder, folks, that we always love to hear from you. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a suggestion or a recommendation for a future topic or a guest, please send us a note, send us an email, aarpwithoutlimits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with Jim Bardet, who is the Director of Strategic Intelligence Analysis at AARP, my favorite title of anybody, I think, at AARP, and also one of the coolest jobs, for sure, about what we call future casting, which is uh, you know keeping an eye out for emerging trends, um, recognizing signals as to what may be coming down the pike um, to better understand our society, and um, so organizations like AARP can have a greater impact. Um, Jim, it's been a fascinating discussion already, and I have to ask, uh, being that your job is to, to track, um, you know, the um, various trends and, you know, identify signals as to what's coming down the pike with regard to things like marketing and consumer preferences and technology and, and how we do our work and all sorts of things, what are some of the most important emerging trends that are on your radar? Well, when we try to look um, broadly across the entire landscape, we, call, we use an acronym called STEEP. So that's social, economic, environmental, and political. Um, and so, but this is AARP. And so we tend to focus on some areas that really align with our social mission. So those, um, those are health security, financial resilience, and social connection. So uh, for an example of a health trend we might be following is the emergence of value-based care models. So uh, that's a little bit different, or it's a lot different, I should say, from what most people have been used to or grew up with, where they would see a doctor, pay an amount, that's called fee-for-service. Um, value-based care is really rippling through our entire system. Uh, and so our members and everybody's gonna be experiencing that more uh, in the years ahead. So on the work front, we look for, um, you know, what's happening, for example, with the automation of knowledge jobs. So the shift to gig work, the application of artificial intelligence uh, and, and those kinds of shifts that can really fundamentally change how we how we do our jobs and how work gets done. And under social connections, one of the things I think is absolutely fascinating is just the uh, the, the popularity of um, video games with the 50 plus. Um, you know, our members grew up with video games. Now they can play them on their phones. They're really enjoying them. So things uh, it's not one of our games, but a game like Wordle, for example, um, has really has really captured the attention of a lot of folks. Um, you know, another thing I would just mention is we also look beyond our traditional sort of three-year uh, planning horizon. So one thing I'm looking for is the emergence of what's called digital assets. And so um, 
By that, I mean things that you can only control or own in cyberspace. So if you're playing a game, um, video game, uh, you might buy a skin. So that's something you can only own in cyberspace. But um, they're starting to, these digital assets are starting to pop up in other ways that might become a little bit more mainstream. So for example, uh, Lowe's, a company you all know very well in North Carolina, the um, homeowner store, um, recently started something called Project Unlock. Uh, this is for uh, a project that um, when you buy a power tool at Lowe's uh, and you swipe and you pay for the uh, you pay for the tool, uh, it the uh, the system actually unlocks the tool, but also creates a non fungible token, an NFT, that says this power tool will so was sold at a certain place at a certain time, and that could become a digital asset that might become your warranty or just your proof of ownership for that particular tool. So. Uh, at some point, that signal there is suggesting that we're all going to have digital assets that we've got to think about managing in some way, or at least keeping track of. So that's something that I think we're all going to see within our lifetimes is having to manage our digital assets. Well, we are definitely living in the future for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, 2023, as I mentioned before the commercial break, seemed like it was such a transformative year because for the first time, you know, the term artificial intelligence started to become real for people. You know, prior to that, it was in movies and, you know, novels and, and comic books and, and, and stuff and, and video games, I guess, probably too. And now it's reality. And now it really is shaping so many aspects of our life. Um, Jim, please explain in your view just how significant this is and what do you think are its implications for older adults? Well, um, in a word, you know, AI is just huge. Uh, you know, the impact is, you know, already is being felt in our daily lives and, and we're interacting with AIs on a daily basis. And actually some of that has been going on for, for quite a while now. Um, a lot of customer service applications have moved to AI. Um, if you're, if you're interacting with a chat, uh, that could be an, a form of AI, but the real break that we've seen in the past year is generative AI. So it's the ability of an AI like a chat GPT or a mid journey to create something that is wholly new based on um, its uh, its ventures through the internet and its, its reading of data and uh, images and, and all those sorts of things. And then to create something new uh, just by asking it to do that. So. The uh, potential there is really enormous. So um, on the upside, you know, on the marketing field, you know, it will allow for customization and personalization really at a mass scale. Uh, just this morning, as a matter of fact, um, one of our vendors was showing us uh, uh, an example of a company that was creating a new, uh, a new AI generated video for each of its million customers, uh, which is something you could never conceive of doing uh, before we had um, before we had generative AI. Um, but there also are some potential downsides that we've got to manage. So things like copyright infringement, we have to worry about. There's also the potential for, um, for, for deep fakes that can you know, be used to scam people. Things are so convincing and can look so familiar that you just sort of fall, you might just fall for it. Um, so that's one thing that is sort of a worry. But uh, particularly for, um, for people who are our members and Really, for everybody, there's, there's an issue of bias um, and what goes into these models. Because what goes in really impacts what comes out. So, uh, you know, the old saying is garbage in, garbage out. So we're, we're having to focus a lot 
on on making sure we have high quality data going in. Um, and so for um, for folks who are our demographic, um, there are some built some built in biases uh, of the material that's already gone in. And there's uh, there's more and more research being done about this uh, to look at uh, how just being calling something old might actually uh, skew um, a sentiment analysis tool to categorize a, a reader or, or somebody who's on the internet as being negative and not want to market to them. So um, that can impact the kinds of offers that our members get, the kinds of advertisements they see, and really just their entire experience on the internet. So um, that's something that I think we in particular at AARP need to be looking out for um, as generative AI really, really takes hold. Hmm. I'm seeing here, we're, as we're talking about this, we're talking a bit about the, the dark side, the flip side. Um, as you look at this stuff, Jim, um, what are some things that our listeners should be careful about or mindful about when it comes to emerging trends, uh, either AI or otherwise? Well, you know, with the, with the AI thing, I mean, I think, you know, we've known this for a long time. Um, you know, ARP does a lot to, uh, to basically to fight fraud and to help people guard against fraud. And so, uh, I think this is really a, a moment where um, we should savor the opportunities for sure, um, and but also just be be more aware. Um, you know, the AI space is just you know an area where uh, consumer advocacy organizations like AARP really need to step up their game even more. Um, the technology is moving really faster than regulators can keep up, and so at a minimum, you know our our listeners should redouble their efforts at being digitally literate. Um, there's a lot of resources out there that AARP provides, but also others do as well. Um, and so I think, you know, bottom line, when you get a text or an email with an offer that sounds too good to be true, just remember, it probably is. Mm. Really, really smart advice uh, to wrap up our program here. Jim, fascinating stuff here for sure. And we're going to have to have uh, you back on at some point. Um, I know with our AARP, even our volunteer team, we have here in North Carolina discussions about AI are becoming a regular part of our agenda now because there is so much going on and it is going to greatly impact just about everything that we all do, of course, including the work that we do as we, we serve the 50 plus here in North Carolina and across the country. And uh, we're going to definitely be depending on, on folks like you and your team, Jim, to, to help us staff and volunteers out here in the field uh, be aware of emerging trends and um, being able to identify opportunities for us to step up, including things like helping to protect people from becoming the victim of fraud uh, through AI and, and through other things. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for being with us, uh, being our guest again. Jim Barnett was the, is the Director of Strategic Intelligence Analysis at AARP. I want to thank Jason Kong for production. Thank you all for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. I'm Michael Under with AARP North Carolina. We'll see you next time.